I woke up today like it was a dream. If he doesn't come back, then it's gonna be Sons and Five. It's like when you go to a wedding reception and there's like five new dances that you don't know about, but everybody else knows. Did we Agent Coulson on Takumbo? It's surreal. Uh, Middleton has to be your number two. You know, if there's 200 people, there's 10 people acting like idiots. I just can't stand his commitment to excellence, and I'm never gonna get over it. Bobby Portis knows how this is gonna play out. And it sound like loser talk again, but I'm happy with, hey, I'm happy with 60 win seasons. <laughs> if you told me Giannis scores 30, Middleton scores 25, Drew scores 25, I'm telling you we're winning that game every time. I was like, all right now, son, we need to get out of here in one piece. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all right, all right, chill out a little bit. He's like, yeah, we're gonna win! It all started with a coin flip. The coin has come up pale. For the Milwaukee Bucks, the drafting of the generational center, then known as Lou Alcindor, supercharged their infant franchise and set in motion what appeared to be the next NBA dynasty. But this was not to be. Arizona's first and favorite team. The Phoenix Suns own the second best winning percentage of teams that have yet to reach the NBA's summit. While their distant cousins in Milwaukee have also flirted with greatness only to come up short. Often controversially so. Paul makes his move. Acceleration to the rim. Fakes it in. The greatest pure point guard since Isaiah Thomas has come tantalizingly close before, but has never been to the NBA Finals. This may be his last best chance to cement his legacy as an all-timer. The most disrespected MVP since Steve Nash, Giannis Antetokounmpo looked to be tragically sidelined. But now, there seems to be a glimmer of hope. How much is he willing to risk with the finish line in sight? Into the breach steps a cast of supporting characters announcing their arrival on the biggest stage. They belong here. This is their time. These are the new household names. Welcome to the 72nd NBA Finals. May the best team win. I may not live to see our glory. I may not live to see our glory. But I will gladly join the fight. But I will gladly join the fight. And when our children tell our story. And when, when our, our children, children tell our story. They'll tell the story of... Prediction! What do you guys think about being here? Listen, when Giannis went down, I was discouraged. I was discouraged, but... Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton. This team is a team in the truest 
makes sense. I knew they were gonna come through. Bucks in six is all you gotta say. Bucks in six. Okay, now with that said, you just named up a whole lot of people other than Giannis, and I know you all got 34. So here's what I'm gonna say. Next time I see you guys, I better see some Bobby Portis. I better see some Chris Middleton. I better see some Drew Holiday. Oh, he's, he does have, he does have Chris Middleton. Okay. He's got two shirts. Yes, sir. We've got double duty Bucks fans right here, people. Let me see. This is how you show up in the ATL. Let me tell you what. And and all all the props to the Atlanta Hawks. They put on a good show. So, guys, I, I didn't even know what he said. But go go Bucks. We've got the Bucks fans here, guys. And I'm gonna toss it back to you because we're gonna go find more because they're here. I promise. Delaney's getting hyped up in the ATL. I love it. In my eyes, indisposed, in disguises no one knows, hides the face, lies the snake, the sun in my disgrace, boiling heat, summer stench, neath the black the sky looks dead. So your Milwaukee Bucks are down 0-2. Everybody knows that. It's 7-10-2021. It's about to be the 11th. So it's about to be Sunday morning. Everybody knows what happens. Everybody knows whose fault it is. Um, everybody's very much aware of the media reaction covering all this stuff. I find myself leaning toward optimism in Game 3 because I'm stupid and haven't learned my lesson. So anyway... Here's the thing. Here's what happened with the pod. Um, I wasn't really super happy with the last couple of episodes of me talking to my phone, but that's basically the only way I was going to get this out. This podcast, well, a couple of things, right? So this pod was recorded Sunday night, kind of in the afterglow of the Atlanta series. So I'm putting this out basically unedited. I may cut a few things out just for space so it can all fit into one episode because kind of got together with the fellas and it went kind of kind of long so we'll see what we can do to possibly trim some of that kind of stuff but um i had this idea i haven't really made a video in about a year in, in any real length and i kind of had an idea of kind of making like an old school nba on cbs style intro or like a kind of the classic bob costas intro sometimes you see that stuff get shared um on twitter on youtube or whatever kind of a i know there was like a bob costas interview from the jordan era that they'd kind of repurpose for the lebron era because it's just he's talking about you know legacies and greatness and that kind of thing and so i kind of had an idea just to kind of try making one and it was fairly difficult and, and I also really just kind of didn't want my voice associated with it. So obviously, as you know, like we got uh, Mr. McGee, who has a better voice for us and that charming uh, Irish lilt to it. And so me and him got together and kind of banged that out. And and Adam <laughs> sent me 22 minutes worth of takes. <laughs> and I listened to about the first six minutes and then just started picking kind of randomly. And then 
because I'm also a little bit OCD, then I started not being happy with the ones I picked, and then I went back and probably ended up listening to three quarters of them anyway. But I, I thought that was pretty successful. Got about 5,000 views. And we knew it was, I mean, I, I do kind of like the work that's up under the gun. I really wanted to have it ready to go because I kind of thought Bucks Hawks was going to go seven. That's kind of the state of the amount of faith I have in this stupid team. Uh, but the Bucks one and six, I was in Atlanta. We'll talk a little bit about that in the pod. Um, I think we ta- I think we touched on that. Um, kind of my Atlanta trip. But yeah, that, that was great. Uh, shout out to Adam for helping me with that excellent voice work. And I thought that was pretty successfully done. I would have liked another 24 hours with it. But kind of the idea is just to be first with something like that. And I thought that was uh, fairly uh, fairly well received. Difficult to write, though. Um, in the writing, difficult. Obviously, it's a lot kind of sportsy, cliche kind of stuff. To the extent that you think it was good or bad, it, I, it was tough to write. It was tough to write and kind of put in the segments and everything. So i uh, pretty proud of that. But just kind of another example, I kind of just don't want them. I'm sure there's much more that could have been done video-wise, but I felt like I had just kind of done everything I could do video-wise. I'm sure I'll do some sort of quick post-mortem video after the Bucks lose in five or six uh, to Phoenix, which is kind of what we said going into this series. But whatever. I mean, so that was a nice little challenge. Um, shout out to everyone uh, who helped, especially Adam, who obviously is way more talented than me. I appreciated that. The second clip is Andrew Snyder. Um Multiple guests of the pod, um, guests of the Lost Hamilton episode that we'll put out at some point, uh, guest um, co-host of Captured on Celluloid, and also the guy who was um, what was he? top five Jordan top five Jordan commercials. He was on that episode again, one of my favorite favorite episodes. And uh, apparently that dude <laughs> ran in front of the cameras, uh, not uh, posing as a Bucks fan, and got on got on TV, which was really cool actually. And I uh, saw him and his lovely wife at the game. To shout out to him. He'll be back on um, Back to the Future, Back to the Past. That episode will come out at some point. We did that in June or May even, I think. I don't know. And so I had to get that out there so much more. So because we spent the last week kind of tooling around with my extra time doing that, um, it's not like we were doing a weekly or daily pod or anything like that. So there's a lot of kind of old takes. I'm backlogged on takes at this point. And honestly, like, so I did listen to the, the pods, um, winning six and locked on bucks and all of those, uh, after game two, I was just kind of so mad after game one and after game two, it's like, all right, well, let's see what these guys are saying now. It's like fresh, like we can agree it's frustrating, right? We can all agree that, that the level of professionalism is, is frustrating and everything else, especially by Chris, uh, at least, at least Drew was trying uh, in game two, but, um, I, I just think we'll have all summer to talk about the failings of all of this. Somebody, um, I think UK Bucks had some question. Well, if, you know, we, we can't fire Bud now, right? Or do you really want to fire Bud if, if the series goes seven? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I want to fire Bud. Now, if I can only fire Bud or trade Middleton, Bud can be the coach for another five years, but we're we're not winning anything with this dude. And I uh, go ahead and throw that right back in my face if we somehow pull this out. Do not care. Uh, what else? What else? So so, so much stuff happened. I mean, uh, Ben Thompson was on Simmons backsliding all the stuff he said a couple of rounds ago. Oh oh oh! So I do want to touch on Cheryl Crow. 
just because I don't know why that annoyed me so much. Like the, the Sheryl Crow, and I, I, I get it because it's like um, the inferiority complex of Bucks fans. So people were like, "Well, hey, isn't this great?" Some, you know, the the chick who was with Lance Armstrong for however many years is, is on our on our side. That's great, right? Yay. Oh, look, and she's a Middleton fan. I was like, you guys are really falling for that. First of all, nobody is actually a Chris Middleton fan. So that was kind of your first tell. But it was just just, a, just this despicable, like, cloying kind of pandering kind of thing that people do. Or it's like, well, like, everyone likes freddie mercury but actually i like the other members of queen <laughs> like like this kind of fake cred that you do when you're like see i know two names right guys i'm a fan right like my son got some autographed swag so i'm a fan like really i want this jersey i'm incredibly wealthy but what uh, but i want a, a chris middleton jersey. it's like get out of here with that you know <laughs> get out of here with that nobody's buying that you know like everybody talks about rock him but really eric b is the one it's like shut up shut up you know it, Everybody talks about Tretch, but I like that other guy. You're, you're not fooling anybody, Cheryl Crow. I'm on to you, Cheryl Crow. Quit lying. Quit lying. But I, I'm, I really hope Cheryl Crow got to see game two. It just And game four and one of Atlanta. And game seven against Brooklyn. And game five against Brooklyn. And game one and two against Brooklyn. I, ho- I hope you enjoyed those performances, Cheryl Crow. Get out of here with that. You're not a Bucks fan. You know what it's like? What it's actually like... You remember that episode of The Simpsons where... Oh, right! This morning, we were driving down Route 401. That's only four miles from my house! And we thought they knew how to rock in Shelbyville. But nobody rocks like Springfield. And so, like, if... If you're a Sheryl Crow fan or you have great memories of her, great, or liked her Bond song or anything, like, fine. I, I just, like, y- you didn't actually fall for that, right? Like, like that, what, whatever, right? This has already gone kind of long. Um, enjoy the show. Hopefully we can get game three. It, like, it, it, it's really just unfortunate that we couldn't get the Phoenix split because game three would have just been just rocking and there'd be a real kind of... We needed the split. Look, we knew we knew we needed the split. And yeah, yeah, it doesn't start until until the home team loses. Blah blah blah. We needed the split. Um, Chris Paul's got another big game left in him, and Booker's better than everyone on our team, not Giannis. And we already knew all this kind of stuff. So anyway, it's going kind of long. Um, hope springs eternal. And again, this is from last Sunday night. Go Bucks. Improbably. Uh, the Bucks are going to the finals some kind of way, and probably in one of the most frustrating seasons and playoff runs, we are in the finals against the Phoenix Suns. How do we feel about this? Still in shock. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I yeah. woke up today like it was a dream. I mean, honestly, I was like, no. And I looked at Twitter again, just... I knew it, but it was just like, let me just make sure. You know, it was it's surreal. You know, I feel uh, like we're a little. I feel like we're a little guarded too, to be honest, because we don't know the whole Giannis situation. So we're like, oh my god, this is amazing finals. But then we're like, uh, you know, guarding ourselves because we don't know. Is it going to be a real finals, or is it going to be like, yeah, we made it to get swept by the Suns, or, or to steal one, and, and you know, 
I'm okay if we get swept by the Suns. Like, obviously, that's not ideal. But I mentally checked out, like, you ain't going to hurt me no more when Giannis went down <laughs> two games ago, right? So I had already mentally checked out and said, like, all right, well, that's that, that was fun, but we kind of know how this plays out. For them to win the next two, and especially the, like, game six was great and everything. Game five with Brooke was a we ain't going to let our boy down kind of team rally, which is the thing when we say we don't like things about the Bucks or we call them dumb or stupid, <laughs> that's the exact thing we are looking for. Like for them to finally come together, like the Avengers and just like truly avenge Giannis being hurt uh, was, was the greatest uh, spectacle of this postseason for me. It, it even trumps the Nets like series us taking that out because uh, we weren't down in the Nets. We just kind of let them stick around and Durant was amazing. But this one was something they went out and got. And it wasn't one person on the team like bringing everybody down for a game for a change. Well, for me, I, I mean, like like everybody's saying, we go through all these stages. We know we can never trust the Bucks, So you're always super guarded. Like, is this really going to happen? It's probably not. The refs are going to be against us and blah, blah, blah. And you just fall in. I fall into this trap, this emotional trap every game. James wanted to come by and watch the game, but I'm just like – I got so much going on in my regular life. I, I just want to watch this game and like spaz out by myself and not have any witnesses to this because it's been like like it's been an emotional roller coaster. And when Giannis got hurt, man, I was I was I was trying to take stock. I was trying to find something positive. Like I was glad they beat Miami. I was happy, happy with that. And I'm like, and we beat Durant was I honestly I did not no, Durant was that good. You know, I don't pay attention to anybody but I know what you mean. Wisconsin sports. That dude was phenomenal. I, I'm telling you, I, I hadn't seen that kind of stuff since the days of Jordan. That that dude was just and I was like, we're gonna lose to one of their stars and we got our full roster. I was I was blown away. So when he got hurt, I was just like, oh, just Hopefully he'll be back sometime next year. I was ready to, like I said, I was taking stock, <laughs> licking my wounds, seeing where I was hurt, and ready to just, you know, look forward to the Brewer season, you know? So I feel like of the four of us here, um, uh, James' first time on the podcast today is probably, whether it's the Packers or, or the Bucks, a little bit more optimistic, a little bit more of kind of a rooting fan. So this, I can only imagine how incredibly kind of gratifying. I mean, I think it was for all of us, but how, because uh, I feel like you're the one usually is like, hey man, chill out. This is going to work out. And I feel like you're a little bit more of the optimist. Man, like, how were you feeling uh, yesterday night? Man, yeah, I was thinking about that today too. And, you know, I went, we went, took the wife down to Bradford Beach and everybody had their Bucks gear on and, and, you know, the city's, you see all the signs around and, you know, history in the making. And I think as Wisconsin sports fans were guarded and we, you know, are like, of course they're going to let us down. And of course this is going to happen. But then at a certain point, it's like, man, let's enjoy this. Like we're in the finals. Like this has never happened in my lifetime before any of our lifetimes. The Brewers have never made it to hey, a world series. In my lifetime. You know, and they, they, <laughs> well 71 you know, baby but the bucks no right 
Uh, they went to the finals okay. in seventy one well, and seventy. I mean, they won seventy one, right? I was uh, I was zero and three, so you're you're pretty. Much I was just about to say I got the joke, but I still didn't get the joke. You were alive in nineteen seventy one, tag. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just born. <laughs> he was like, get over yourselves. We've been here before. <laughs> they had basketball like then. Yeah. <laughs> There was no three-point line, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were still shooting underhand free throws, like fifty percent of the league. <laughs> All right, yeah, but you know, let's enjoy it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's enjoy this this time. I don't know. What, whatever happens, happens. It is kind of like loser talk to be like, "Well, we just made it to the finals, yay!" You know, we should we should go. It, you know, after the game, after um, they were talking about in, in, in inside the NBA, you know, they showed the locker room and everybody was just kind of sitting around like us, having a beer and like, all right, taking it in. They weren't celebrating. There was no uh, champagne and goggles. But then uh, I think Barkley or someone was like, yeah, that's how they should be because they didn't win nothing yet. And, you know, uh, there's that aspect of it, too, where we're like, yeah, we won the finals. Well, we didn't. But. Hey, this is the furthest we've ever been. So let's enjoy it. Because look at Oklahoma City. We could say, "Oh, good, we made it, and we're going to make it the next five years." And Giannis is locked in. You don't know what's going to happen. And like, what if he would have shattered his knee? You know, yeah. Enjoy it while we got it. More than anything, for me, is we didn't choke. Like we smashed the Heat, which we didn't know going into playoffs it was going to play out like that. Which was great. It was a great feeling. But let's be honest, if we lost to the Nets and they lost Kyrie and Harden, that would have been a choke. If we lost to the Hawks, period, it would have been a choke. If we lost to the Hawks without Trey Young, super choke, right? So to me, the Suns are, are a better team than the Bucks. And what do I mean by that? It's not the components. They actually play as a team every night, right? They don't make the stupid mistakes mm-hmm. we make. So to me, it, yeah. it's hard to see us beating the Suns. I, it's physically possible with this team, but they got to play right. So to me, at this point, we didn't choke, which is such I, I know that sounds like a moral victory at this point, though, like if the Bucks lose this season and we don't win the finals, I'm still super stoked about how far we made it because it's the furthest we ever been. And we should have made it this far. Right. We were up two one and then Giannis gets hurt and, you know, looks like it's the end. Um, but Drew and Middleton and Lopez, Lopez, that 33 point game. Uh, got it done in a system that we haven't really tried all year. As much as we tried stuff during the regular season to get ready, Giannis was always part of whatever system we were running. So um, gravy train with biscuit wheels. That's what I'm on right now. (laughs) What are you guys' impressions of uh, Bud at this point? Well, let, let me tie the two things together because okay. I, I think what, what Benzino said was, was kind of interesting because I, I do think that Barkley has just been on fire as far as – like Barkley after game five was like Drew Holiday basically like, why don't you always play this way? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. My brother say it to me or whatever else. Like like the criticism of Bud is kind of fish in a barrel, but he had been saying it like, like he'd been saying throughout the rounds like, look, I'm not saying anybody should get fired. I don't like saying that, but dot, dot, dot. And I feel like – I feel like these dudes just, like kind of were playing around watching Milwaukee during the year, like when they'd happen to get a national game, but then they watch them a couple games in a row and be like, this is ridiculous, kind of the stuff that, that the team does. And so I feel like today what I saw on Twitter, man, I just had this. I, 
I drove back from Atlanta. I was doing enough just to get like five hours of sleep and get up. But like, I feel like people are like, well, give Bud his flowers or whatever else. Um, no, no, but, but this works. So I, I, I don't specifically have anything bad to say about game five or six, because especially game five, the get the ball to Brooke Lopez in the post thing was like kind of abandoned since game one against Brooklyn. Um, I think a lot, this is just kind of my general thing. I think people just kind of go with the results of a game and then be like, well, the Bucks won, so it's good, or the Bucks lost because it's bad. I've just seen way too much Booten Holes, or I've seen too, way too much middle, and I've seen way too much Drew to be like, it's like Jeff Teague. Jeff, Jeff Teague was three to three from three. Does that mean everybody who all year was like, man, we should have got somebody else was wrong? No, they weren't wrong. Like, there's a student on Twitter who like um, hates, especially hates Pat Connington. And then so, like, every time Pat Connaughton hits a three, he has to be like, oh, there you go, Pat. It's like, well, if you hate him, you hate him, man. I mean, just because somebody hits a couple shots doesn't really mean anything to me. Uh, I think Bootenholzer is, is probably – I don't think it will matter. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll phrase this in a former question for you guys. I don't know how much it matters because I think the Suns are much better than us, even with Giannis. And now we're, like, strong underdogs. But does anybody kind of disagree with that? Because that's – kind of the way I felt like we could we could definitely win this series but if I had to bet my life on it it's going to be Suns and six and I've been saying that for two rounds I'm sticking with the same thing I said for the Nets if we're talking about what are our chances for the Suns anything's possible with a couple of injuries <laughs> right so CP3 been nursing a shoulder injury and I don't know how close you guys have been watching those games as well when he hurt, hurt his shoulder those first couple of games he couldn't like pass let alone shoot if he reaggravates that, I think everything's on the table. Booker's nose is broken, so I'm not gonna say I want Tucker to like hurt him, but like make him be worried about it. <laughs> make him put that mask on because he didn't play right with that mask on. And once yeah. CP3 and uh, and uh, Booker are kind of worried about those things, because CP3 is gonna kill us on that pick and roll, and that's the whole reason we wanted CP3 in the off season, right? He's making Aiton look amazing, which is what I wanted him to do for Giannis. Um, but if CP3 is not okay, I think everything kind of shifts. Uh, obviously, I also mentioned earlier in earlier podcasts, I thought we lost to the Heat so bad the previous year because of Crowder. Now we got that problem again with Giannis hurt. Um, so I, I don't think we match up well. I think our team is more than capable of beating them. Yeah. But they got to play smart for four quarters and I haven't seen that except for game was at five of when Giannis was out the whole playoffs really we don't play smart we take teams for uh, granted we always have a quarter where everyone's got four turnovers like we were up 22 and I knew the Hawks would make a run and they played well but like at a certain point call a timeout when you're up 18 don't let it get to 12 and 10 uh, switch or double when they're just making open threes like the adjustments that needed to come to make it sure. What did it get down to? Did it get down to three or four? Like <laughs> that league got very tight. And then uh, I think Drew got a layup, but it was almost a one possession game down the stretch. And we had been up 20 going into like the fourth. So the Suns, we can't do that. All their guards can make open threes. You can't give them three feet. And Crowder is going to make all his open threes. So don't like our chances, but somebody could get hurt. And that's been the. <laughs> right. the, the lesson of the playoffs. So I mean, not down on the too. Bucks. It can happen. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you say? Yeah. 
The Suns too. They've they've taken advantage of. I mean, Kyrie. Kyrie was no, not Kyrie. Uh, Kawhi. He was he was hurt. You know, they took advantage. Yeah, of Anthony it, Davis. So. Yeah, Anthony Davis too. And you know, LeBron is old. So, but like you say, we got to play smart, and we just have not put together four smart quarters in forever. The Clippers might be better without Kawhi, and it's not because Kawhi isn't great. It's because Paul George doesn't know what to do when he knows there's someone else he can pass to. <laughs> he finally got good as soon as he was the lead dog. So I don't know if that would have really truly hurt them because uh, they didn't look good the whole playoffs playing together. But that's neither here nor there. Um, what do you think, uh, James? What, the, what do the Bucks need to do or what are their chances of winning the finals? Man, I think like all of us uh... – I feel like individually the Bucks are more talented than the Suns, but we have the biggest disadvantage of coaching. And, um, you know, had we had a player coach like uh, CP3, maybe it'd be a little better. But that's I think that's the thing that uh, we're least confident about is, is they, the turnovers, the dumb plays. So, like, Man, if they can put together a Game 5 with Giannis, a Game 5-type performance with Giannis, even at 75% capacity in the lineup, I think we got a good chance. Do I think that they will do that? No. Could they do that? Maybe. So, I don't know. Wherever that leaves us. It becomes this weird thing, too, of... Like, everybody kind of goes through the stages of grief. So he gets hurt, and it's like, well, theoretically, he could come back for Game 7, and you're like, well, maybe he could just hobble around. And now it's like, well, maybe we get the split, and then it's Game 3. And it's like, well, it, and then it becomes, well, but if they get the split and it goes to Game 3, maybe we should wait till Game 4. And then at that at that point, it's like, well, do you want to risk it, you know, if you're down 3-1? And I just – I don't know how good he can be if he can't do the things that makes him great. And, mm-hmm. and if he can't do all that kind of stuff – I kind of don't want him. I don't want to say I don't want him to come back, but I just, again, it's just like we're just all playing the result, right? We're playing the result. Like if, if it works out great, you'll be like, oh, that's so legendary. Like if it blows it out, then everyone's an idiot. Fire the owners, fire everybody. Um, I mean, Kendrick, you're a medical professional. Like I, I just I just don't feel great about it one way or the other. And because Every- it, it looked like he was about 18 months. I mean, that was kind of, <laughs> it looked like, oh, like yeah. it, he fell, it got hyperextended. And it was like, okay, this is just over for a long time. And then all of a sudden, I, that, so I, I don't know what to think. For, that, for there to be no structural damage, I mean, I'm no orthopedic surgeon, but the ones that I looked at that talked about it on YouTube, they were like, it, it, was, it was nothing less than a miracle that they, you know, it was like he was a freak. Like the, how far back his knee hyperextended. I mean, some guys, it's just a little bit of a tweak. I mean, he had quite a few degrees of angulation. 30-degree angle. <laughs> yeah, man, that, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. So I'm still, like, crazy fearful to see him try to push it to come back. I can just see a Durant-type injury coming and, and taking him out, and then we, we don't have him all of next year. Um, I don't think we hypothetical can question then. Hypothetical question: If Giannis comes back and plays starting game one, you, he has a chance to never play again. But you know it'll at least get pushed to a game seven, if or the Bucks will close out before then and actually win the championship. Should Giannis play? 
I really have to think about that because here's my thing. I've been saying this when I get down on Giannis, I've been saying for a while that the way his career is going with the skills that he's not learning and the air ball free throws and all this kind of stuff, that the back half of his career, he'll be like Rondo or Dwight Howard or one of them dudes who used to be great, but is still around. And you'd be like, oh, he was great. Like Vince Carter. I don't mean like the old, old Vince Carter, but he'll be like when Vince Carter was just okay. And, and I don't think he'll be like late career LeBron or or Jordan or, or like Duncan or one of these guys where they were basically great right into the end. I think he'll fall back into that second class if he doesn't develop some skills other than Euro stepping and like knocking people over. So it's his call, but like, that doesn't mean I want to sacrifice him. Like I still very much appreciate everything he's done for the city and, and kind of the way he comports himself and everything. But like this just might be it because Brooklyn's going to be in the finals next year. Like we're not. And it's 24 minutes in. Maybe that's like starting with the negativity, but let's uh, uh, James, what do you think about that? I don't want to just jump the route on that. What, what does everybody else think about that question? Uh, I kind of go back to a conversation we had, I think uh, Jay, and I agreed on that, like, man, at this point in my life and, and watching the Bucks and the, the Brewers over the years, I'm kind of, man, it sounds like loser talk again, but I'm happy with, uh, hey, I'm happy with 60 win seasons. <laughs> I'm happy with making it to the playoffs every year versus we have a chance, not a guarantee, but a chance to win the finals. And then for the next 20 years, we're going to stink. You know, we're, we're going to be garbage and, and the Bucks are going to win 15 games a year. So if I had to choose between that, like, you know, Giannis goes down and he, he never plays again. I think the franchise goes back to just being less than mediocre like the Bucks have always been. If I, if I had to choose between that and, okay, we're not going to win the finals this year, but we're going to be competitive for the next four years, I'd choose a competitive for four years. So if that was my choice, I would say sit them and uh, – if whatever we'll see you next year since i asked the question i'll answer it now first of all if it was me i would play you got guaranteed money like even if you don't play again you've already been a defensive player year two-time mvp you win this and you're in an elite conversation for the rest of life if you care about legacy but also just getting that chip and Giannis would be the most legit chip <laughs> like you think of the legit chips over the last couple of years i don't care what anyone says about injuries Ours wasn't a super team. All the super teams who got hurt, so skip them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This would be a legit championship that no one could take from him. And what I've learned from watching other players like Kobe or even like Toronto, like uh, what's the guard for Toronto that was about to get traded to trade down? Lowry. 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 Something happens to you when you win, when you don't become scared because you ain't got nothing else to play for. Like you become a superhuman of your previous self because you're not worried. All that doubt goes out the window. You have accomplished everything. So the ones that still want to be competitive are going to kill you. Having this Bucks team that's locked up for several years, possibly want to chip this year's, I'm not going to say it's a dynasty, but it changes something about all that narrative because no one's going to question you anymore on that stuff. And you come into games knowing we can do this, and you're not worried about that anymore. It's no it's no more questions in the back of your mind. So to me, I think he should play. I think he should play from game one. Um, 
whether he's effective or not, obviously sit him if he just can't do anything at all because that's pointless. We're not trying to pull the Princess Bride where he like stands up at the end and says, drop your sword. The whole point isn't just intimidation. If he can actually run, because his game is kind of, is kind of weak. Uh, he's got a, he just runs by people, right? He's faster, stronger, better. Um, but unless he gets like a a drop, four foot drop shot, like it's, it's one move, right? But you play him. If he, especially if he doesn't have a chance of getting hurt and he can actually run, just play him. He's stood up the whole game. He stood up the whole last game. No one from the medical staff came and said, "Hey, maybe you should rest up. Don't get tried not to get too excited the whole time." He was doing salsa moves or something. I saw some <laughs> clip. He was like dancing on the sideline or something, right? Like we were far away from the bench. Like I was on the other side, but he he's moving a little bit, right? <laughs> So, so I didn't see that, but if so, the conspiracy theory needs to start now. Did we agent Colson <laughs> at Takumbo? Did we go get the cards from his locker, throw them in blood, and put them out in front of the team like he died because he believed in you guys <laughs> to get the team hype? Because to me, that's even more interesting narrative. Like he probably could have went last game, but they were just like, "Hey, man, just sit this one out. We th- we think the, the team will be more motivated by you be sitting." Uh, but that who would do that though? I never got back to my Budenholzer slander from earlier. You can't give him any credit. <laughs> you can't give him any credit. We never do what worked the previous game. We never try it three <laughs> the first three plays of the next game. Whatever worked last game, we don't try. So you can't give the coach any credit. No offense. I, I, how, how can you give him credit when they happened upon a strategy? I feel like they fell into the strategy that all of us were saying the entire year, like. Just dominate them in the paint. Just go to Lopez in the post. Use Giannis not, you know, off, off. Don't have him dribble up the ball. Like, all these things we've been saying all year long, they finally did in game five when he was hurt. How can we give him credit for that? Like, for him not coming up with the, that strategy, for them accidentally putting into to practice those things, that doesn't, that doesn't, like my my opinion hasn't changed at all of him, personally. Exactly. So if you if you want to say, well, that's the players' fault because they aren't running the plays. Well, that's still on the coach because they don't listen to him. And if it's not him telling them to do it and they don't listen, that's still on him. So like to me, you can't just be like Bud deserves all the credit here because he he doesn't really deserve unless he has something to do with going to get Tucker. I'll I'll notch him up a couple belts if if he was like, we need to go get Tucker because Tucker has been that dog inside and like we need that with. Oh but, my uh, God. Especially, I, I, I changed my opinion right now. Like I just watched two minutes ago, the Bucks Twitter account showed Giannis getting on the plane, and he's like fast walking and he's like skipping up steps, jumping on the plane. He's like, he's not. <laughs> this is a Willis Reed in Game Seven. Like he's walking at a brisk New York pace, jumping on the plane, and they got like the exterior uh, ladder, you know, and then he's just jumping up, and now he's running up the steps. Like he's a little bit hobbled. But I'm just watching him move. He, he moves like, I understand how ridiculous this is. He's moving pretty well. He, he's moving pretty well. I, I I would just have to think he comes back for game three. Go ahead. But yeah, like so how playing, is it medically possible? Playing basketball he can even is real right close to walking up an uh, elevator or uh, the stairs. To a <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's the same equivalent. I, I just, well, have you ever? Like, I've never hurt my knee that bad. Like obviously, I've never had a hyper. I've never hurt my bad. I've done. I've done it slightly, but like nothing, nothing close to that. 
usually you're shaky going up. Well, I got terrible knees. Maybe I'm not the best person to use yeah, as an example. I, I don't but like jumping up and down. Oh, I'd have tore everything in my knee if that had happened in my knee. So mm-hmm. I can't compare myself to this dude. But I mean, if he's good, if he's good, he's good. But if he can't move, I mean, we've seen how Trey Young, he was pretty ineffective out there. He was a slight decoy, but I mean, that's why T got all those minutes because there was really no threat, you know. But I got to give Bud some credit. There were some, I gotta give some too. There were some adjustments that were definitely made. Even, I mean, the most recent one, instead, they put Tucker on, on, um, uh, on Trey Young because, okay, so you want to switch? Instead of switching out to a small guy, because they were they were they were really trying to take advantage of our short guys, and I don't know why Bud loves Pat Connaughton, but Pat Connaughton was in there just getting dominated by uh, Collins or or uh, what's the uh, Gallo time and time and time again. So he put Tucker in there, and okay, let's switch now. Oh, oh, now you got to deal with Tucker, so. He, he's made some slight adjustments. I think the other team, I think we ignore, they made some adjustments too. Most of Brooks feeds in that, was that, was that game five or game four? Four we lost. Game, game five was one where he had 33. Right. Those were not really post-ups. Those were uh, Drew or Middleton creating, creating a diversion, Flipping the ball to Lopez. It wasn't the traditional post up, bounce, bounce, dribble, turn around and make a shot or something like that. It was spin around and shoot it, you know, or just a alley oop dunk. So it was kind of a, I don't know, it, it really wasn't posting Brooke up in the paint. I mean, they did put him down there and they should do that right. more often to try to get take advantage of that. But if the guys don't penetrate, and try to create a mismatch or a double team somewhere else, then what's the point? I what, what what trips me out the most now is how much they are just standing around so much more. There is no cutting to the best. There's no off ball movement whatsoever now. Ever since the Miami series, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. I can't give Budenholzer credit for the switch on Tucker because Tucker can't guard. A healthy Trey Young. That was the problem in games one through three. He was too fast around all these screens for even Drew, who I love as a defender. We had no counter except for Trey countered himself when he stepped back on the ref's foot in game three. Like, that's what saved us. It's easy to be like, well, now I don't need to figure out what the problem is. The problem was he was too fast, right? He could get that floater and he doesn't miss. And if you switch Lopez, who Let's be honest, Lopez doesn't really want to switch and come out. That's why he was so deep. He really wants to box out the big man or just play for a block, which just led to alley-oops. So we didn't really have a counter for that. It's a very good thing, looking into the finals, that CP3 is old. He's looked very old in these series, and I'm not knocking him. He can still light you up. Don't get me wrong. He's going to make all the smart decisions. He's going to get that pick and roll going. But it gives me hope that between Drew and Tucker, if that's where the switch is, that Tucker can body body CP3 and make him feel uncomfortable, and Drew is not going to let him run by him. Um, there was a guy in Atlanta. Uh, I have so much to say about Atlanta. I couldn't say it. I couldn't say more great things about the Atlanta atmosphere. And there was one guy who did a white guy thing from behind me. So the crowd's seventy five percent black, and but. People are there to cheer and to dance, and they did a pretty great refuse suck. I'm guessing you could probably hear that on the broadcast a little bit. 
there's one play where Middleton fell down kind of 90 feet away from the hoop and they were mad about that. And there was one where there was a little bit of verticality. So they did a pretty good job cheering. Like I'm sure there'll be a me gushing about Atlanta section of this podcast. Um, but then there's one guy behind me who just was giving whatever official that was that quote unquote hurt Trey. Like it wasn't Zach Zarba, but whoever that guy was, he's just like, Zach Zarba, you took out our best player. And it was like, it was like, it was like overdubbed. It was, it was like, um, Rogue One, like, what is she proposing? Like it it came out like from another movie or something like that. And he was just like, and he did it like three or four times during the game. Like you took out Trey Young. And it was this kind of thing and everything else. Dude. Atlanta is so live. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed being in Atlanta for this game. Like, well, Shaq said it was pretty quiet and they were a lame crowd. But you were saying I heard people say that. Hard. I don't know what. So maybe this makes me think that the I can't imagine that Fiserv was as good as. Okay, let me do five minutes on this. I just got to tell the whole story. Then it was just live, man. I don't even know how to say it except like it was just live. Like people stood up. So they have the whole things where, and I'm again like I haven't been to a game at Fiserv. I haven't been to a. I've been to a bunch of uh, Buck Suns games in Phoenix. So I haven't been to any game at Fiserv. I used to go to a lot of games at Bradley Center. So a lot of the stuff I'm assuming, this is a game six, so I'm assuming just about any arena is pretty hype, right? With that being said, their ushers are like basically entertainment staff, which means they're standing by the entrances and they're dancing. They had like a twerk contest between the two ushers and they were kind of going back and forth. Everything was just the blackest thing in the world. Like everything was like they had like a usher contest, like a like a young jock was there just performing in between like Big Tigga is the MC, like Chris Tucker's on the Jumbotron, like TLC is there, like all these people are there. But it's just the only stereotypical white song that they played the entire time was da 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 hey! And they set that off too. The people were twerking in the aisles, like they did this whole thing. It was just freaking it. Right. And, and I'm just like, oh, oh, and I should probably I'll probably edit this in if it, if it actually made it. Um, they're a halftime entertainment. So, you know how like on Fiserv where they'd be like, hey, uh, this is Bobby Portis and he's going to name 10 superheroes in a minute or whatever else. Right. Right. Um, in Atlanta, Kevin Horder did a 64 team bracket of Atlanta rappers. And then people would cheer or boo based on who we picked. And it was like 64. It was like, bing, bing, bing. And it was like, Young Jock versus Outcast, Outcast, Yay! Ludacris versus Migos, Migos, boo, you know, whatever. And at the end of it, like, Migos won. But, like, a 64. Think about how long that would take, right? 64 team bracket of, like, going through this. It was like, at some point, I seem to recall, it was like Jermaine Dupree versus whoever, right? And he picked Dupree and people booed or whatever. And it was just like, like, everything about it was like, and I'm like, I'm in Wakanda right now. Like, I had a great barbecue. Like, everything about Atlanta, like, I really, really liked. Like, everything, I I just really, really enjoyed it. They had this great kind of beer beer garden bike path thing. Um, not exactly in the Olympic Village, but we we went there. Like, we were there by noon for, like, an 8.30 tip. Um, know, and I'm sure I'm going to remember like other the, stuff. Uh, kind of sounded like the ESPN folks saying Milwaukee's terrible. Atlanta's greater. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure the Deer District is just as great, and I've been really, really proud of the stuff I've seen from the Deer District and everything like that. I was just like, people were nice, people were dressed to the nines, people were drinking Hennessy, and 
it was just live. It was just live. And they were like, stand up. That's the thing. They were like, stand up. Like, And again, these aren't really ushers. These are like entertainment staff. So they're dancing and stuff. And it was like, I think I said this somewhere where it was like, it's like when you go to a wedding reception and there's like five new dances that you don't know about, but everybody else knows this other dance. And so they're doing it. The Atlanta Hawk dance. The, the mascot is dancing. Everything about it was cool. And I'm sure it's just because it's game six. Because I know like in February, it's in February against the Pacers, it's, it's, I'm sure it's not like this. I was just so happy to be there. And it was a classy crowd. But like I was saying before we started, the boy got really into it. And I gave him some cotton candy, too. And he was so amped that they're like, defense. And he's like, offense. And his voice is piercing. Offense. Offense. And he's doing all this. And he's like, stop. And, and by the third quarter where Middleton started going off, and we should probably talk about that. I was like, all right, now, son, we need to get out of here in one piece. And it was like, all right, all right chill out a little bit. He's like, yeah, we're going to win. And, and I could tell the dude in front. He didn't say anything, but I could tell. I could just see him flinching a little bit, like he wasn't even mad. And I'm like, "All right, now, son, uh, <laughs> up the hay. So they're gonna start. And I, well, actually, I actually said it was like, "Hey, they're gonna start to get mad a little bit if we win." So I'm not saying you can't yell, but just kind of be respectful. And I'm uh, becoming a little uncomfortable that now well, I start talking to the dude so next don't to get me. The and everybody's been real nice to me. I'm the only Buck fan I can see anywhere. Basically, I'm wearing like my fear to deer scarf and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I can see one like way over here and a couple way over there, but it's not like going to Buck Suns or like a, a Packer Cardinal game where it's like it feels like a 60 40 or you know 65 35. And so I'd stand up on a big shot, but I'm not like antagonizing the crowd like I sometimes do when it's like a Diamondbacks Brewers game or something. Who cares, right? And it starts getting going a little bit and it starts really getting close. And now I feel like I have to talk to the dude next to me. So I'm like, uh, you know, this is probably going down to the last play anyway. We we suck. They're going to come back. And it's like, kill him, kill him, you know. And I'm, and I'm just like, all right, dude. Like, because I'd be mad if now, I'd be mad if, if I was sitting next to you and I was from Atlanta. But it was really, really cool. It was really, really clean. I thought, uh, like, in the concourse, like a drum line go- was going through before the game, you know, with cheerleaders and like like a like like a, like a marching band drum line was coming through. Everything about it was just real cool. And I haven't been to a, a sporting event in a long time, so I'm sure I'm overrating it. But five stars for Atlanta, man. Like I, I really, really had a great time, and I, we spent that money and everything. But like, and we watched the Bucks go to the finals, which was great, right? Uh, but. I don't really remember a ton about the game except everybody sucked until like Middleton went off in the third quarter. But, and then, and then I was like just exhausted and drove back and everything. But like, I seem to remember T hitting a bunch of threes. I remember kind of Drew starting out well and then kind of falling off a cliff. I remember snapshots of it, but it was just surreal. So somebody else talk, but I, I just, I'm sure I'll remember something else, but Atlanta, like, High marks. They were like stand up and da- they weren't even like stand up. They were like stand up and dance. None, none of this, none of this mass stuff. No, whatever. They were like, you're here. Be loud. Get louder. And by the way, we're playing ludicrous. And it was just, I was just, I, I couldn't have been happier to be there. So that's that's my my Atlanta five minutes. Well, I've been to uh, probably a half a dozen playoff games this year, and. If I serve can be if, if the Bucks are playing so frustrating, like we see, like we're you know, when our chat group lights up, 
No, those people are not cheering. Those people are doing what we're doing, looking at Twitter. They're they're dejected. They're like, God, get it together. So I understand what people say about you know, they Fiserv is a quiet crowd or they're not hype or they're not this. I'm like, dude, look at the product. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not this mindless cheer. You know, I'm, I'm not going to cheer stupid. I'm going to. Man, I'm yeah. gonna sit down. I'm 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 upset, you know. So hey, did you work? Did, did you work game one? Were yep. you there game one? Yep. So the contract. Keep saying I what get, you're I saying. Game, the game, one, and game two. one was that people seem to think that they didn't get people inside the arena in a timely manner, and it really was, and it was the middle of the week, and that's why I, that seems so bad. I I wouldn't know anything about that. They have us arrive three hours before the game. So I'm just inside and I'm just paying attention. I'm watching the guys warm up. I'm seeing who's making most of their warm up baskets. I'm just watching that. We did have one guy, one of those, those light skinned dudes that the Bucks got. They got like three of them. I can't tell them apart. Um, He he, 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 so we thought, oh man, we're gonna have our first first round of readiness, but but that you know the trainers didn't need us. So no, I mean we're pretty much just setting up and getting ready. I don't know what happens outside. That's a whole nother crew that deals with the people on the outside. I know it's it, Milwaukee has done a decent job, but there's always you know if there's two hundred people, there's ten people acting like idiots. You know, there was there was some there was some drama out there here and there. The radio chatter for the fire department was going insane. But, the the uh, Water Street stuff, right? Well, Water this is a whole nother pod subject, but Water Street has been getting a little I, I don't know, I think it was maybe COVID, but whatever, but Water Street has just gotten a little bit ghetto lately. And this is coming from not my white friends, but my black coworkers saying, Man, you got to edit all this stuff out. Take this out. But they're like, they got to do something sure. about this. He's like, this is insane. So some of that element is carrying over to Pfizer form. Uh, some of the ushers are talking to us after the games. They're like, they're 15,000, 20,000 people there. It, you're going to have 200 absolute idiots out there, too. So here's That's the thing, and we can cut all of this out if you want, just remind me at the end. Uh, Atlanta was not like that, and the older I get, I'm kind of subscribing to my wife's theory that we just were raised around <laughs> and everywhere else is basically normal. <laughs> I, I don't know, this is kind of where we're from and everything, but dot, yeah. dot, dot. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, uh, moving on. <laughs> Inside, <laughs> yeah. That's your break marker. <laughs> inside, inside we just come back. I, I, I do like when Chad says something crazy and he just comes back to us laughing about something. <laughs> is, that, is that on the pod when you have that? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Something's got axed out. Message. Inside, inside the arena, dude, the fans are hype. If the Bucks are playing well, the fans are crazy hype. And they've been, they, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get the crowd going. The Packers have been phenomenal. The Packer players that have been showing up, they've been getting the crowd hype. It's it's, it's no Migos and and uh, TLC, but you know it's it's been a pretty pretty fun crowds, pretty fun crowds, pretty hype. But 
Do they still have that section where you have to like try out to to be uh, part yeah. of it? I forget. Yeah, they're just oh, not. Do they? Because you know, they did have that, and it made me think of that. Yeah, they have it, but it's not um, it's not down and as present as it used to be. Um, it used to be mm. very visible. Squad six could, or whatever. It's like yeah, you could see it right from the um, from the TV broadcast, but they moved them up and out of the way into a cheaper section, so they're like almost in the upper sections that no one ever sees. <laughs> money, money, um, money. I wanted to ask you guys, and we we can dip 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 back in and around because I think we're kind of just touching on some stuff, but I still don't think this team would beat the uh, 2001 team when no. I really break it down, but I'm wondering what you guys think about it. And let's say healthy honest, but I, I was still kind of thinking about it. Um, and you know what? Maybe if I have time, I'll put that radio interview at the end of this or something because they, they asked me that briefly, but I, no, I've seen too much of And again, he's hurt and whatever else. I've seen too much of Giannis being guarded by Blake Griffin. And I guess Collins is 6'8". Collins seems 6'6", you know, and in muscular, athletic, and all this kind of stuff like that. But it's not like – I just can't imagine a world where Giannis is just destroying Patrick Ewing no. or even like Rick Smiths or these kind of guys. So it's like – I feel like Irvin Johnson and Darvin Ham could at least give him some business. And then you got Ray Allen and you got Cassell and you got Big Dog. So I, I – I'm was not saying Hamlet? like it's like a lock, but I, I just because the Bucks. Scott I think Williams was Ham 2001. Scott Williams was shut Giannis down. I mean, he was athletic, agile, and strong as an ox. Giannis shies away when he goes up against guys that are athletic, nimble, and stronger than him. Strong and know about leverage. Yep. I mean, he already backs down from Blake. And all he, he he's quicker than Blake, but he backs down from him because Blake is a is a yeah he's terrible and he hacks to death and he never gets the calls. Whose eyes are more disturbing, Portis or Blake Griffin's? <laughs> <laughs> Portis makes you feel like he's. We should at least say, we should at least say I I really really enjoyed the Bobby Portis moment. Love so for, for game five, for all of this kind of like, I was just embarrassed of the team after game four, but I really did like the crazy series. And I got to watch just about all of that game, the crazy series of runners and everything Portis is doing and they're chanting Bobby and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, this is special. Like, I don't know. Oh, I can see the fireworks going up behind you now, Jay. That's yeah, that's why I raised the camera. Right. Like it's going like crazy. Hopefully you won't get in the podcast, but they are lighting it up. Man, I'm X Phoenix. That's just the dude behind you, right? Yeah, it's just the street over. It looks like you're televising from like Baghdad or something. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, I, Bobby P is uh, one of the few par- players that is reliable to be good. And I, when I say that, I don't like shots fall, and sometimes they don't. But he's the only scorer who also works hard consistently, right? So you got Connington who sometimes decides not to scrap. He's been scrapping in the playoffs, so I'm not going to knock him. But, like, in the regular season, he won't do that. But he he's not, like – Connington doesn't really shift games. He just occasionally gets open for a three that someone set him up for, right? Uh, you got Tucker. Oh, man, I love Tucker's grit. But that joker does not know how to make a layup. Every time he gets two feet from the hoop, you're like, well, this is going to be three feet off. But, like, I, once again, not trying to knock Tucker. Like, I love him on the team. Tucker can't hit a run. Only- he can't hit a runner. He can't hit a layup. 
You can like, make a strong case that you actually want Bobby Portis in the game more than Giannis. Because you can't stop Bobby Portis from getting a three feet, four feet from the hoop on the back down. He's got the slight like run across the lane, jump hook, floater. Like that's all Giannis ever needed. He needs a four foot floater over the top of someone and he is unstoppable. Yeah. Um, but he you know, he wants to get the layup or the dunk. For me, Bobby Portis needs to play every game and the energy he brings. When Middleton makes a shot, Middleton looked like he just ate ribs and he wanna go take a nap. Yeah. Like even when he's lighting it up during that insane, insane explosion, he's still kind of dope, dope, dope. Like the whole thing after Bobby yeah. Portis is going to fire up the crowd, and you can see all the other players feed off it. I don't understand why the others don't realize this is a tool in your bag to fire up the others so they don't feel tight. Um, um, so yeah, to me, Bobby Portis has been a major asset, and that's all we were saying during the Net series. How is Bobby Portis not getting in this game, right? Like you still can't think of me. We won that series, but you can't think of you can't tell me one reason why you think Bobby Porter shouldn't have been on the floor. That's why I'm like Bud's got to go. <laughs> that was just too egregious to to not get any minutes for that whole series. How'd you guys feel about the the celebration of us winning this conference? Did Bud look like a dude who just like? <laughs> Who knew like other people saved his job for him? Because that's what yeah. it looked like to me. <laughs> yep, he looked like somebody else saved his bacon, and he was just like so, so, so happy. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, oh my god, I made it. I mean, I mean, that expression said it all. He just knew he. I mean, he knows he's on the hot seat. So for my next for my next question to the group, unless you want to roll somewhere else, B, like I, I'm really curious because I'm torn on this. Can a guy have three min a three minute stretch that is so good of basketball that he can be absolutely garbage for the rest of the game and still be said that he had a great game of basketball? Can you have a three minute stretch where you can just completely wipe out what you did everywhere else? Well, You're that's about Jeff, that- Jeff Teague. Oh uh, no! <laughs> I'm talking about Middleton. Knock out the the entirety since he was picked no, up. No, no, no! You guys are too hard on Middleton. Well, go because ahead. I want to. I want that point of view out there because this. I, I think it's. I think it's closer and more conflicting now. So go ahead, somebody else. I, I think so you guys. I, are- I'm gonna just. Dis- Let me put a disclaimer on this. What Middleton did coming out of the half was amazing. He is exactly what a champion will do when he realizes everything's against up against the line and you have a chance of going to the finals. So before we say anything on this, I don't want this to just come off as raw Middleton hate. I've just heard, heard other takes where they're calling him Batman and this other stuff that's, to oh, me, that's a little stupid. ludicrous. Um, yeah. And I'm only countering that. So when I say this, Middleton had a three-minute stretch that will go down in history. We will talk about this with our kids for you know, to the ends of the earth, right? I just want to talk about the rest of the game because to me it's a more interesting question to say, can you be absolutely bad and wipe that out every game with three minutes? Because between 11.07 left in the third down to 8.23, I think he scored all the points for us with like six made shots. A three-pointer, a three-pointer, a two-pointer, that was a foul and a free throw, another two-pointer, and a three. That was between 11.07 to 8.23 in the third, and that's coming out of the half. Which is right, big so I, time. I want to go, go last time. on this. I want to go last on this one because I think this is the whole thing. I posed the question, so I don't want to. I don't want to tell right, anyone's right, um, opinion. So James, go ahead. James, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
okay, so what if it's uh, Jimmy Butler? He's going one for 11 the whole game. And then, you know, fourth quarter, three minutes left, and he just goes on this hot streak and, and they win the game. Do do we say he, he won the game? He played amazing? Uh, maybe. Um, small counter, small counter. You mentioned the fourth. We're talking about three minutes into the third, and then you disappear. <laughs> First of all, that, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about one game. Like, like, let's look at this. His whole playoff package this season, this year. Middleton has come through multiple times, yeah. and you guys keep I mean, whittling it down to one three quarters that he played bad. For for every okay. other game, like like yeah, I agree. he's hot, no matter he's cold. But there are times. What this question really right winds up being is: Do you want a thirty-eight point score who does that once a series, or do you want a dude who, who scores twenty-five every game? Because to me, you probably want the more consistency. Because we don't lose game one if Middleton scores twenty-five. We don't. We're up three. We're up three zero in the series, and that and that's the what I'm yeah, talking about. He shoot. He's had some terrible games, and they're usually the first two games of every series. Um, but he also has these amazing moments where he flat out won us some games. I think you probably want more consi- – okay, on a bad team, you want someone who can just win you a game because you winning is probably a fluke. I think on a team where you've got more star power and more actual good players, if everyone can be consistent, that means you win every game. That means you're probably a title contender. Like, I don't think any of us think we will get swept by the Suns if we have one good game. But if we said – if you told me Giannis scores 30 – Middleton scores 25, Drew scores 25. I'm telling you, we're winning that game every time, right? <laughs> but if, if Milton has 15, I know what this outcome of that game is. We're not winning that game. Yeah, right, what was Jay, that stat Jay, when Middleton is Jay, plus, how many uh, times in your in your in, how many times do you think Middleton scored over 30 over this Atlanta and Brooklyn series alone? I times. can probably tell you. I think it was. I think uh, it was no, game Jay. six. Game you, you three and what? six. Go ahead. How many times? Either one. I don't care. How many times did it he score? Game over three, three. Game six. And whatever he did the other night, right? So it's. Yeah, I, 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 said, I, I guess three. it's four. I would guess it's four, right? It was game. Game three. Game three was an abomination because they decided that only Giannis and Chris were going to shoot. No role player shot, and Drew didn't shoot. And everybody was like, oh, there's really bad basketball, but we got to win. Uh, game six, he got all the free throws. And maybe did he get to it in game three? Because he had the flurry at the end of game three in the Hawks series. I'm going to say four. That'll be my guess for your trivia question. I had three in my mind, but I didn't go back and look. I'm going to go count it up right now. Which was probably once or twice during the whole regular season, right? Right. <laughs> You guys just love to hate on this dude. Yeah, well, you were Noir scored him, right? <laughs> Noir had a higher scoring game during the regular season than he did with 33. And yeah, Middleton's high, Middleton's highest scoring game in the regular season was 32. All right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think yeah. that happened once. Anyway, back to my question. You, you guys are right. Three times in the Atlanta and Brooklyn series. And, you know, only one of those went to seven. He still scored over 25 in mm-hmm. – Two or three, let me see here. One, one, 
If you want me to be really tacky, still, you shouldn't still, have 30 last night. over 25 <laughs> over two of those games. We're gonna, you, you want to just talk about last night? 32 points. He had four free throws last night that put him over the top. Those were like late-minute late, late minute gimmies when we were in the bonus. Oh, now but we're going like, to take away free throws? Then we got to take away Jordan's free throws. We got to take away Kobe's free throws. We got to take away all the superstars' free throws. And Middleton was a second-round draft pick. So, so but we didn't draft expecting him. him to be at <laughs> – you guys expected him to be at Beal I mean, level. Points are points, right? Middle, Middleton didn't score a field him to be goal. At Beal, John Wall level. Brooke, Middleton was a second round draft pick. Middleton scored his last field goal last night. There's only night two draft picks left. in the NBA. Three minutes left in the third. You would not hey. call that a superstar. You would say he like, would. fell apart towards the end, right? No, I'm not calling well, him a superstar. His superstar was on, an, on the bench because his knee folded backwards. But they did more than enough. I plenty even thinking about it. To carry, I'm so happy we're having this conversation. To carry <laughs> and support his team while Dude was on the bench. He did his job, and now you want to talk about his free throws. We what, no, what I'm saying, what throws. I'm saying is the game was on the line. We had a 20 point lead. It collapsed. What did Middleton do? And he went the, 0 for 4 the in the fourth. The 20-point didn't collapse because of Middleton. The 20-point no. lead was made because of Middleton. Okay, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Both can be true. You're both right. I, I just want to say this because this is this is true. And, and I think people get caught up into factions and believing stuff. I'm just really going to say what I perceive. I don't respect somebody. And I know Jay doesn't, but... Giannis goes down after game four. Game five starts, and it's the Drew Holiday show. And I don't respect that it wasn't the Chris Middleton show. Because everybody knows the stakes, right? Game six starts, and Chris kind of takes the first half off. And they all had Chris turnover and Drew turnover had a million bad turnovers. So it wasn't like they were competing to have terrible turnovers. Um, This is a better utilization of his skills if he's just going to take ten straight shots every once in a while and see if he catches fire. He hasn't so we we just have to say that he's improved because he didn't do this before, right? So we've had him for eight of the longest years of my life, and he's gotten and he didn't do any of this stuff, and he finally decided to catch fire, right? Because like if he was Jamal Crawford or like prime Jamal Crawford or one of these get hot kind of guys like that, or like when Lemon Pepper Lou was like three years ago, like that's what these guys are supposed to do. They're supposed to get hot. Like it's not like we haven't seen anybody hit three out of four threes before. I'm very happy that he decided to get hot at this time. Every time he's not hot, every time he's not hot, he's awful. And he didn't come out like, okay, this is my show. And I just have to say this, and I'm sorry for the racism. There's been nothing but white guys guarding him for three rounds. There's been Kevin Horder, whoever that dude is for the um, whoever that dude is for the Nets, and whoever that dude was for the Heat, right? And and when they started, but he got so hot and it was a real asset to the team that they started double teaming him to get the ball out of his hands in the fourth quarter. So I will push back on a little bit because what I, they, they started sending two guys at him, but he just wants to pass. It drives me nuts. He wants to pass. He catches the ball with six seconds. He still wants to pass. And then he's just like, oh, I guess I got to shoot. And he hits one and he hits another one. And it was great. Right. And that was the point where I was like, all right, settle down, son. It was great. And I'm not trying to diminish it. But the thing that we just have to remember Gentlemen, the Atlanta Hawks are no good. With Trey Young hurt, the Atlanta Hawks are not as good as the Pacers. And it's this weird, crazy season where we ended up against this really kind of garbage team. And so we're in the finals. And that's why I just, this is just simply, this is not like a bit. This is just what I believe, right? We're going to get to play a West team. And then all of a sudden, 
well, you can't take the first quarter off because we might be down 10, and that's kind of what happens. But I don't have a whole lot to say about him saving the season with a tremendous third quarter, but people need to talk about all of it, including like the seven turnovers or whatever. Dude, it was seven turnovers. There were another three times it just kept rolling off somebody else's leg. There was like another one where like he had like a three-point shot coming towards me and like it just like uh, somebody stripped it, but like it ran out of time. His handle is abysmal. And I can't respect, but like Drew is awful too. Like neither of them are point guards. I just at least respect the games five and six. Drew Holiday was like, here we go. And that looked kind of good and bad. And, and Brooke Lopez, obviously. Brooke Lopez game five was a Brooke Lopez game. So I feel like I talked a lot about that. I just want to talk about all of it. You really, really need to give him credit because he hasn't done this before where he was like, I'm going to take like six straight shots. And you really, I mean, any idiot could have figured that out, but like he finally got that part. I just can't stand his commitment to excellence and I'm never going to get over it. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. I can't screenshot. One game he had over four turnovers. I can't screenshot. His his handles is trash. One game he had more than four turnovers. Many games he only had one. Since Miami, since Miami, I'm just talking about the playoffs. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the stats yep. now. Only one game. Couple fours, Mamos, two and three. So and do you agree? Is trash. He's a shooter. So he my counter to that. My counter to that is do you agree that if Thibault and back on, on him, that this that that we might have got thirteen points a game Middleton if they put Ben Simmons and Thibault on him and actually like tried to stop him with the swingman and not like Kevin Harder? Because that's kind of the thing, too, right? Because, again, I'm just, to, I'm just pushing forward to the Suns. We're really kind yeah, of talking yeah. about the Suns now. That's kind of the thing. Now we're going to play a team where we might be down 25 to 18 going in the, out of the first quarter, and we, like, actually need this stuff. No like, I don't feel like a lot of these games we were like, oh, man, this game is really slipping away. We played from, front, we played from in front the entire Heat series, right? And so it just kind of felt differently. I mean, to, to go with what you're saying, I think Middleton... Middleton was guarding him? Go, go, go ahead. Uh, I was like, James, get a word in. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. James was like, you had too much bourbon. You literally to fall asleep on that pillow he's sitting on. <laughs> I think Middleton holds defense on himself, to be honest. I don't think... Uh, Middleton's going to Middleton every game. So if uh, Simmons is on him, I think... To be honest, when he wants to or, or when he has his mojo or or whatever, I think he can make it happen on Simmons and, and whoever else. I think the games and the times in each game where he he acts like one of the, the four stooges out there, it's it's because of himself, it's not because of who's guarding him. That's you know. So to kinda push back on you, yeah, he could go you know do his thing against Simmons I don't think it's it's who's guarding him. I think it's it's his own craziness essentially and I think that's that's kind of the margins that we're talking about right um and again this is I should title this um four people complain about the Bucks going to the finals at this point I know <laughs> that's well, I'm just talking about like what actually happened because what you happened and again I think one of you said you listen to lockdown books or one of those like I get because like those people have shout out to all those guys or whatever who have like financial concerns about being super positive and like people are like trying to cry on air. I'm not saying them particularly, but like people are trying to be like, this is touching my heart so much. And I was like, like 
th- that's cool and everything. I'm just describing what actually happens because when we go when we're down 0-2 to the Suns, people will forget and everybody will be like, oh yeah, Bud sucks, right? Oh yeah, this and that, and, and we're we're forgetting now because we finally beat the Atlanta Hawks without a functional Trey Young, and and a functional Giannis. Yeah, but the Hawks are no good. I just can't state this enough. Like, I was there. The Hawks are no good. They missed every shot. Um, And I'm super excited. But I would have rather been playing the Sixers or some team where we'd be like, ah, well, we made a bead go away crying or something as opposed to just like, you know, D'Lo Garanari. Because it's not like Bogdanovich was super healthy either, right, like a lot of this, right? It's just kind of this weird everyone's hurt season. Everybody Can I cape up for Barkley for a little time. bit? It's a long yeah, time. I want to talk so about I the like... hero. I want to talk about. I want to get your opinions on your heroes too. The heroes of the okay. Let me just get this off real quick because I, right. I follow. I finally followed Buck's account on YouTube, and they posted some edit of like Charles Barkley saying the Bucks suck, but they're going to make it to the finals. Like they they completely don't understand what he's talking about. Right. Like it was like you're contradicting yourself. That's the context that I took from the video. Maybe I misunderstood what it was, which just means whoever made that doesn't understand basketball and what he's saying. You would never say someone wins and that they suck. Like you're only saying you're underachieving. You're a bunch of underachievers who don't know what's going on. And that's Barkley's point. Like he's picking them because they should win and they still probably will win. But like their biggest enemy is themselves. Right. So, like, you look at the turnovers that we had yesterday, and, like, some of Drew's... Unforced. <sighs> unforced. Mm-hmm. So, Drew, some of Drew's, his problem is he's smooth, right? And, and his patience works in the regular season where people aren't being aggressive and refs are going to give him spec on, like, half, half wrist slaps. But his patience, when everyone's working hard, sometimes makes someone, like, be in a passing lane he doesn't expect, and, it's, and uh, he makes a stupid turnover. Like, we had 10 turnovers just between Middleton and Drew, and you want and you want to be like, well, they were they were pressing, they were trying to do right things, but some of these are just so dumb. Like they're they're plays that no basketball player would ever make. Like they're the things you've been taught you should never do. Don't lose, don't leave your feet. Don't pass it back court when you don't have a clear lane to someone because it's gonna lead to a fast break the other way. And, and that's what's frustrating. All of these could be stopped, right? Imagine what we would have done to Atlanta last night if we didn't have 10 first half turnovers. Those are 10 more looks that you would have had up. Let's say we shoot 40%. That's another 12 points. Those are 14 points. We're up like 17 and a half. It's a completely different game. And that's why it matters. When someone says you're dumb, it means that you're not executing right and you don't understand why you're failing, right? It's the same thing with Giannis. They, they call Giannis for super shooting threes. I personally don't have the strongest opinion about it. He should be living in the paint, but sometimes that's rough. And sometimes that's what gets him going. And to be honest, Giannis has a fine three-point shot. He just needs to know when he why it works when it does, which I don't think he understands. When they leave him open and the and like whatever with the game, like it doesn't really matter at this point. He misses that every time. When they need the bucket is when he makes it, and he's stepping in from running up the court because it's in rhythm and he's running towards the hoop. I just you know with Middleton especially. He has no handle, as has already been brought out. A better team, an Atlanta team that actually watched film from earlier in the season, would have known, go double him immediately, he panics. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you say he only had five in the first half, and he only ended up with six or seven. One of those was on him. He didn't box out and seal, uh, he didn't box out and seal Trey on one. 
and he got around the end, which made him bobble it, which he still could have caught, but he turned it over. But they gave that turnover to Drew. Like I watched on the NBA.com and watched who they assigned it to. Another one he should have had where he tripped, but it got it happened mm-hmm. to bounce to Lopez, and Lopez hit a three in the corner. Yeah. So he actually got assists on something where he is screwed up. So all I'm saying is numbers lie. You really need to watch the game and not just like game stat at the end. It's play to play and really go back and watch it because the things we make mistakes, we would be beating teams by 20. I would go if you could tell me that well, we're not going to make these stupid mistakes. I'd say we win this series in five with Giannis Mm -hmm. like we're better than the Suns if we play non-dumb and that's what Barkley's talking about everything that we do is self-inflicted I I don't think we're better even I don't think we're better even without because I think I think Aiton is I think even if Giannis is healthy I think Aiton's on the way up to being he is he is but like Lopez and Aiton are the same Aiton can get 20 CP3 is what's Aiton like Aiton is not good by himself CP3 gets him open yeah, he move. He it's the it's the pick and roll to alley oop and it, like sh- short three foot shots. You he's think Lopez. Aiden is that much better than Capella? Yes, for sure. He's I, bigger. I don't, I don't know that he's any better. And now I'm drawing a blank. I, I think he's I think Tyson Chandler when Tyson Chandler was really good. Yep. Um, but Tyson Chandler was really good because he had CP3. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Right. But but I I think I, what I think is if if healthy Giannis dribbles into Aiton's chest, Aiton isn't moving. And, Correct. And he can overcome some of that, but it's not – I mean, it's just like when he plays Jaron Jackson or any of these kind of actually big guys. Like, I think actually Brooke Lopez, if he was on another team, would give Giannis trouble. Um, oh, for sure. Like, at the, at the end of the game, Giannis would have great numbers and everything. But I just – again, there are no centers in the NBA, so it's kind of a whole thing. Um, it's going Crowder, though, right? It's single coverage on Giannis with Crowder, feeding him towards Aiton. It's like the Bucks defense where it's Giannis on somebody feeding him towards Lopez, right? Like, it's it's not easy. Man, that sounded like a <laughs> scud missile. They shooting. <laughs> These fireworks are still going on. I don't think Aiden's I, – I, I, he's, he's a good big man, but I don't think he's better than um, Capella. He's the same. He's the same dude. He's a and, we'll see. And okay, he's a so we'll see. Smaller. We'll see. Um, I think CP3 is the big difference in that team, and Booker. How much did uh, that could... Booker's more uh, more courageous and more reliable than. Yeah, but how many well, points did Capella have in their series? Like, what was his top scoring game against the Bucks? Well, they kept pulling because... him out for foul trouble. They pulled him out too. Put Collins in. You know, they tried. Did he to ever get twenty? I don't Did he ever get so. 20 in? Yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. Aiden's going to get 20 and 10, at least. So what you're going to see with all the threes, Jay, that Booker is also kind of like Larry. He's running to the right. He runs to 15 feet on the right side and just takes that jumper. Like, he, he, he designs all – yeah, man, the fireworks are just cracking behind you. Like, and, and that's kind of the thing that Chris doesn't do because he's just, like, constantly looking for the pass. Booker's going to get the ball, and he's going to run to 15 feet and shoot it right like on the right side and i just feel like he just he knows what he's there to do and that's why like at the end of the games like i i feel like both of those uh, regular season games like we were right in it and had chances to win it's like booker's not scared at all to fade away from 50 like he wants to shoot from 16 feet like that's really kind of where he wants to operate um and i i'm i think 10 days from now we might be like booker was the best not, not like the best for 82 games, Booker, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Booker's like finals MVP. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Because I think he's going to have like 35, 40, 21, 
45. I think it's going to be that kind of series. I think it's going to be I think Holloway. Booker can have 40. I think Booker That'd can have 40. <laughs> then we win. If Booker, if yeah, Booker has 40 against us, I, I still think we can win if Booker has 40. The the thing, we need to stop the other stuff. That I don't know uh, who is it. Is it Crawford? It's something like that. Uh, shoot, I'm forgetting his name. He shoots the crazy, I'm going to line my left butt cheek up with the rim and then shoot across my left shoulder. We can't let him open for oh, threes. Oh, campaign, yeah. champagne with my campaign. Campaign has been going off. Campaign. Yeah, we can't let, if those guys are having 20 and 30 game. point games, we can't win. But he's making those open threes still. Because like, if you watch any of the Bucks series, all the three-point shooters for the regular season uh, have been terrible. All those dudes sucked. Like uh, the Nets guy <laughs> has been terrible. Uh, um, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Yeah, I just called him three white guys. Joe Harris. Yeah, all Middleton, those, all Middleton those. stopper Joe Harris, uh, the Red Rocket or whatever they call him, Red Velvet suck. Like we can't have anyone open up, make an open three, right? <laughs> none, of, none of these guys have made anything. You saw it, right? Did you? Kid you he posted that thing. <laughs> yeah, he did. The the Rick Astley moves are funny. Like he's wearing like a trench coat, and it's like because I... the thing about the. The Rick Astley video is like he's moving, but the camera's moving too. So it's like it's like that, you know. But like the camera's going with it, like that. That junk is like I haven't seen that in ten years. That junk is funny. Man. Exactly. I forgot how bad that those videos were. His dance moves were astoundingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like comedy material. They're gonna live in infamy. They're going to be Was used like our grandkids are going to be like, have you seen this? Look at this guy dancing. <laughs> you know, like Charlie Chaplin in a building falling on him. They're going to pull out the Rick Astley video. You've been Rick. So, I, so, so, Ken, I know you wanted to talk a lot about Cosby. So we wanted to talk about that before the. <laughs> 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 I I do. I deal. Oh, no, I'm gonna stop. No, don't, don't, no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know your favorite player was Darren Sharper too, but um... <laughs> Joe Paterno. <laughs> All right, let me stop. Um, anybody else? So, so straight up. Um, we were gonna, we couldn't get everybody here, so we were gonna do top five Star Wars, but we said we might as well chill. But if anybody wants to jump in, we're gonna do top five Star Wars at some point. And I got top five Hamilton in the can, but I gotta kind of recreate it with editing, and I haven't had time. Anybody else? So, so, um, we should do serious predictions, though. I'm gonna say Sons and Six. Um, James, what about you? We should at least hit that part. This prediction is you think Giannis is coming back at game one and fine or are we thinking like we got yeah. just i don't know just you got to predict it i don't know i feel like he's gonna play game two yeah. i think he might play game one i mean i think we gotta caveat this with Giannis comes back 80 percent because probably how we all think if he doesn't come back then it's gonna be sons and five but if he makes a comeback he's 80 percent man we got a legit chance I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Bud woke up. He realized that hey, maybe uh, uh, making some changes is a good job. Maybe or is a good idea. Maybe um, trying some new schemes. Maybe running a play works. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, maybe not just doing the same thing over and over again, maybe not just uh, shooting as many threes as we can is, is the key to winning. So maybe he learned a thing or two in the last series when Giannis went down. And so I'm going to say uh, Bucks and six. So I, I want to say one more thing, because I'm sure you guys probably heard this before. I just because um, the other I remember the other thing I really liked about one of the inside the NBA segments after. And I want to say it was after game five where Kenny was like, Rudy would call a play, but like if we weren't feeling the play, he was like, you just need a point guard who's just going to do what what needs to be done. Did you catch that part? And he was like, you know, they call a play, but a lot of times I'd be like, hey, I'm feeling it. Give me the ball or we're going to have a problem, right? And and he was like, it seems like with the Bucks, like Drew Holiday just needs to kind of do whatever he wants to do and kind of assert himself more. And I did feel like that kind of tied into that interview where maybe he was like, all right, so it's my team. I really have to do it because his approach was just different. But I just thought that was something we had all kind of back channel been noticing. It's just like, it seems like they're like, well, I guess this is the plan, right? You know, and then they just show up and it's like, oh, the plan worked or the plan didn't work, but they don't deviate. Like, I understand why like Pat Connaughton doesn't deviate. And I understand why Bobby Portis is just going to do what he wants to do regardless. But the rest of these dudes, I don't know. I'm going to say Bucks. Uh, I'm going to say Suns and Six because that's what I actually think. But I will say if Giannis is somehow playing game one, this is going to feel – I'm going to feel – because I don't super feel special about us being in the finals except it's like really cool. But it seems like this is set up for like a disaster. If Giannis is playing game one, I'm going to be super into tricking myself into thinking we have a chance. But I don't know. Ken, what are you saying? If Giannis is truly healthy – I'm going to go Bucks and six. If Giannis is not healthy, Suns and five. Yeah. Jay. I haven't really given this much thought, but let's, let's just, you mind if I talk it out loud? Like I'm a million, <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire contestant? All right. So Giannis <laughs> plays game one, right? We just need to steal one in, in Phoenix, right? Um, who's playing who? Like, cause like talking about what we feel, just goes against it's really doesn't mean anything right we we haven't seen them play in the regular season they they gave booker a booty call at the end of one game to put him on a line and over terrible from to steal terrible. that game and it was a terrible <laughs> call right um terrible so what do i believe cp3 i actually think cp3 will probably get off right it was a terrible call uh i believe cp3 can get off but i believe drew has what it takes to stop him and, and uh, between him and tucker He's getting old. They can make it very difficult for CP3. So now it's about Booker lighting up everybody. Booker obviously can do that, but the playoffs have shown us he's not going to do that every night, right? Um, so now it's about the role players. And, and what what is our team going to do? Do I believe Giannis will get 20? Probably, right? Probably. And then it's just about the other guys and what are they going to do? Who can stop who? Um I don't think they really have an answer for Middleton except for Middleton answering himself and like not wanting to be aggressive. Uh, I think of our three-pointer shoot and make shots, we can win any of these games. We suck at three-point shooting. Could you imagine yeah. if we actually made shots? We'd be better than all these teams. But, but we just know that's not going to happen. I mean, we're still due for one or two games at least for them to, 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 to shoot above their three-point average. I mean, we've been shooting below our three-point average the whole playoffs. Can we get can we, you know, revert back to the mean where where we we shoot above three pointer one or two games? If we shot forty percent of the three in one game. I think we're winning that game. Right? Yeah. So Bridges, um, Bridges is the guy you're thinking. Michael Bridges is the is going to get some time on him too. Um, so you the got Crowder. Is, 
Crowder can shut down Middleton or Giannis. Tory Craig. Like, I, I, Tory I don't Craig. think they're gonna. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think more than Giannis than Middleton. They won't they won't waste him on him because no single player do you actually say that about Giannis. You talk about building a wall, but I think Crowder's really a problem because he's not gonna budge him right uh, as Giannis does his post up that is gonna fade instead of you know attacking or doing something leaning towards the hoop. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Suns and if if Giannis is healthy, I'm going Suns and seven. But I'm saying that with the caveat of we can beat them. I actually think we could beat them in four if we played right. Forty mm-hmm. percent th- shooting threes and no stupid mistakes. <laughs> we could sweep. We could leap. We could sweep the Suns. But I'd be basing that off of one game where we actually put right. it together, right? So that that's ridiculous. Um, so, so I'm gonna go Suns and seven. So actual, actually, good coaching would be like, I mean, and this goes for Pat any game of the year. But Drew, you're not allowed to jump on defense. Chris Paul is gonna bait you into all kinds of stuff. Pat, you don't jump. Like, don't like you're not gonna block. Like, how often do you see a shot blocked anymore in the NBA? Like, it's it's stupid for these guys even to jump as much as people are just flopping and stuff. Just just don't do any of it. Guard them straight up. Play with your feet. If if they get it. 17-footer, they're going to get it. Do not let Chris Paul get you in foul trouble. That was the other thing with Budenholzer. It's like, even as I'm at the game and maybe they needed to rest him, I feel like Middleton got a second or a third foul. And I'm like, why are you taking him out? Is Chris ever going to foul out of a game? Like, they just kind of did this stuff, and it was just like, all right, well. Yep. It, it, it's just too rigid. Like, actually good coaching. Again, it, it's kind of nice. It's just because – takes risk it takes risk yeah and, and knows like the variables like maybe Giannis you take out with three fouls especially in the first or because he's going to get one or two stupid fouls from that point forward but Middleton's not going to get he'll get one or two more booty but he won't get one he won't get two more legit so right. that means he's not going to foul out by the end of regular you know regulation okay so I'm going to say the most positive thing in the world what if what if what if what if Giannis comes back and 75 percent of him is not doing any of that dark side of the forest stuff. And he has to just kind of play within himself and it unlocks him not being just sick in the head as far as like kind of how he plays with anger and he just lets the game come to him and it's somehow better. To be honest, like all you have to do is look at the Lopez game. Lopez obviously is not better than Giannis. He's, he's like yamming a- on fools too. Like he, his lob catching, like he's old and stiff. Like he's still pretty spry, man. But that's what we've been saying about Giannis this whole time. It's not so much about Giannis. We're setting we're setting Giannis up for failure. He shouldn't have the ball at the top of the key, right? But if you have Drew run in and they feel like they have to switch, imagine Lopez on the right side of the block and Giannis on the left. That's a loop either way that they're not going to be able to stop, right? But once again, this goes back to coaching because we all know the pick and roll works ninety percent of the time. Going into the lane and kicking or passing over the top works every time. As long as we don't turn it over, like, but the Bucks want to be, I don't know, sexy. They want to like do different things, which is dumb. All the best teams do the thing they keep, they do well over and over again until you prove you can stop it. And do I think the Bucks are going to do that? No. Is it possible? Sure. So I think Lopez and Aiden are awash in the series, and then it's kind of like a role player battle royale to see where the game really takes us. Cool, cool. Anything else anybody want to say? Get off the chest before we uh, call it. Who are your your heroes of the uh, playoffs so far? You, everybody gets three three players to name. 
Dude, Jay, you're in, you're in Baghdad again. It's just like, psh, 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 psh. yeah. You would I, think I'm it's not, close to midnight. You know they're saving all the big stuff for three hours from now. His video is fa- fantastic. I wish you guys. I mean, I'm not. Anyway, who are your three heroes for the so Bucks? far? Oh, Bobby Portis for the Bucks. Bobby Portis. Tucker. Really? He didn't even play one whole series. But that ain't on him. <laughs> When he got when he gets minutes, he does stuff. That's okay. 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 So, Portis. Uh, I mean, what do you say about Bobby Portis' defense, though? I mean, that's the big elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah no. we all love him on offense, but his defense is too is much good. of a liability. He's, he's not he is as not. Bad. It doesn't warrant oh, benching him. Shoot, what was that game five? His defense is actually better than some other people's. I saw him like okay. We have the problem of thinking you should cheat off of your man. Sorry, side side tangent. Connington, Middleton in the regular season, better in the playoffs. Cheat off of the man they're supposed to be covering five feet yep. when they know they're not really going to help, and then he just leaves them open a, a corner three, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Bobby yeah. Portis knows how this is going to play out. Like, I think it was game five. Several times, he pumped fake like he was running to the corner enough to make the guy know he should shoot the pull-up J about, you know, around free throw line. Pump faked out, and then came back in and put a hand in the guy's face. His defense is underrated. If you want to knock him on something, it's more blocking out because he's slightly smaller than some of these other bigger guys, right? They got a lot of offensive rebounds when Giannis was hurt and Lopez wasn't in the game because he's not as big as Capel and some of these other dudes. But his defense has been sound. And let me tell you something. Bobby Portis doesn't want to take anything from you. So even the slightest of transgression, you're worried about Bobby Porsche just punching somebody, which is almost a good thing, <laughs> right? Because it's like you're not going to punk me. And I feel like we got a lot of players where it's like you can punk me for a couple of plays and then I'll try to get together for one play. Right. Tucker and Bobby Porsche will not get punked. And that's why they are on my top. I got to think about the third, like who's going to round it out. It's probably Giannis. But I can't keep Tucker off the list. I don't think we beat the Nets without someone who is our kind of Draymond Green, who was like, nah, I'm not cool with this. You remember how badly we got beat in game one and two against the Nets? Like, what changed? The only thing that changed was, like, our attitude, right? Like, they weren't that much better than us. You know what? And we two superstars got injured. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> got hurt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Harden got hurt. Harden got hurt from jump one, and and yeah. Kyrie didn't get hurt till game three. Like, right? We would have got swept. Was it two or three? We would have got swept. And we still gave up fifty to Durant. So, like, really? <laughs> no, no. You know what happened? We Blake Griffin lit us up in game one. Game that was two, really maybe. Good. Yeah, he was dunking like. So it's attitude. It's attitude. And our team has an attitude of losers, which is, I'm going to do what we did in the regular season. That should be good enough, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Tucker Tucker is like, if I'm going to lose, you're going to feel me here, and it's not going to be easy. And I think that's underestimated that he's got kind of a football player's mentality of, I'm going to work hard. And if you make it, you make it. But at no point, and especially on the offensive rebound, we really do miss White Dante on, on his work ethic, starting as a guard. Because, like, yeah, because like Pat Connington, like he's going to Pat Connington does two things. He kind of works hard, but he gets eaten up on defense and always gets called for a three point play. And he shoots open threes, but he's not really slashing too much. And he's not doing this like I'm going to get a second and third and fourth chance looks. And that's really why I put Tucker, because you look at the offensive rebounds in the regular season towards the postseason and really our second chance looks. It's demoralizing. It's not the same as a normal field goal. The defense feels that they had a stop, and now it's been taken away from them. 
So, 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 so you're three people, Jay. I heard. Giannis. I'm gonna Portis. Giannis Tucker Portis. Giannis Tucker. Giannis Portis. Tucker Portis. Okay, cool. I, I, Y'all trying I, to get off of here? It's only nine o'clock by me. I'm I not. Just, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I just don't want to have to edit all this. Um, Pat Connaughton three for six from three last night. Um, so. I remember him being good in game seven against the Nets too. I think he's probably been probably pretty underrated from what he's done from three for the playoffs on some level, not game level. I thought PJ kind of talking to Durant's mom was kind of the moment that tickled me the most uh, during, during the playoffs, just kind of a beautiful, just kind of a beautiful moment of I love you too, baby kind of thing. Um, In real, like I'm sure it kind of looks like this on TV too. His three-pointer is so flat when you're watching it at the arena. Like he jumps, I mean, like three-pointers from the baseline are kind of weird to look, like that's kind of a weird shot anyway because like putting it with a lot of arc is is odd from the baseline. But he really just jumps forward and it goes in a straight line and just kind of skips out a lot. Um, I kind of feel like, but it's kind of the thing too, like between the stuff that PJ did and the stuff, especially the Bobby Portis game five game is like, that Darvin Ham, Scott Williams, kind of that kind of special kind of role player kind of kind of thing that you sometimes need. I, but I think the three, the three players that I, if you actually had had to make me pick like the three most impactful players, I think it's I pick three out of the big three in Brooke. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Brooke Lopez was like fourteen for eighteen in Game Five or something crazy like that. I, it's 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 hard to it's hard and and. I feel like every game recap, nobody talks about how Brooke Lopez is like straight up blocking people at the rim now. Like, like the playoffs get kind of kind of jumbly, and all of a sudden people are just driving to the rim, and it's like, oh wait, we do have a seven footer in there. Uh, I, but I do think Kendrick, if this was like your Trojan horse, I, I think Chris would have to be on a legitimate list um, <laughs> half the time, and then the other and then the other half of the time he's like stealing money, right? So that that's kind of uh... like the thing. I'm going to amend my list. Take Portis off, put Lopez on there. Because, like, even when Lopez doesn't score, last five minutes, he's getting blocks and changing shots and not letting people get in, like, even in the Nets series. So, to Kendrick's point that Portis didn't play in the Nets series, I'd probably – I'd move Lopez in that spot. I like that. I mean, you have to go Giannis, number one. Uh, yeah, he's injured, but, uh, I mean, enough said, right? He, sure. It's, it's kind of hard. I feel like uh, Miami was eons ago. It's hard to think back that far, but Giannis pulled us through. He was—he's the guy that's brung it 110 percent every game, and uh, we don't know the ripple effects it's had uh, on other players. When 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 uh, Portis wasn't out there, Giannis was the guy like hyping the team up. So Giannis has to be number one. Uh, I have to say Middleton's number two, and I wanted to say this all all pod is. Go for it. I mean, we've been saying this since the, the season began and, or, or last season. If we could just get Middleton to play his normal game, then we're going to be good. I think everybody's saying that. And no one believed Middleton could bring it in the playoffs. Everybody's like, Middleton's going to disappear again like he does every year. If we could just get Boston series Middleton again, we're good. Man, I think we got that. I think uh, he's brung as good as he can do. Like he's he's a screw up. He's he's a uncoordinated, out of shape guy. But he's he's brought his best game that he's capable of bringing this series. So I have to. And he's he's dug us out of some holes. 
man, that, that the last game, what he did in the third quarter, like put us, tw- we were 19 points up going into the fourth quarter. A lot of that was Middleton. The, the, the Hawks couldn't bounce back from that. And was a game five where Middleton and Drew just like went on a rampage. Uh, Middleton has to be your number two. Number three, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, the cheesy answer is going to be Drew, but, I mean, his inconsistencies, what he's done in in the latter games in in the Hawks series puts him up there, but we can't overlook how he's been, like, man, where we're kind of saying, like, "Eh, is he really even better than Bloodsoul? The the whole – the whole series, the, the whole playoffs. So I don't know that I can give number three to him. Um, but but three, better, but better, but better numbers in the Hawks series. I, I just want to say, like, like better numbers in the Hawks series than Middleton. We lost game one. He had thirty something. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it, it it it's hard for me to give it to guys like who aren't reliable, right? Like if you actively play well or play great in three games but then, like, can't be relied on and took most of the shots, you're kind of losing that game <laughs> for the team. Um, yeah, so, cause, cause so Drew has Drew, killed it. Drew versus, Drew versus Middleton, just – I'm not really countering what he's saying. I'm just – just because you will listen to other podcasts and they'll try to narrativize this and kind of go on this other run. For the series, uh, Middleton was 43 from the field. Middleton's basically 44 from the field. Drew's 46 from the field. Uh, they both averaged 3.2 turnovers a game. Um but Holiday is 22 and 10, like 22 and 10 assists. Um, his lows weren't as low. And I just feel when Giannis went out that Drew Holiday made all those first quarters about him. Like Drew Holiday made game five and six about him. Like he got those leads and Middleton kind of got in where he fit in in game five and had a nuclear third quarter in game six. But I think it's fair to say that Middleton sucked even more when he sucked. And just because this has kind of been a long running thing. So when this, when this, when this pops up again in the sun series, I'm just saying when it's pop then Kendrick shaking his head, when Middleton is like two for 17 through three quarters of game one and people are like, Oh, I can't believe this happened again. Cause like I was at the game, right? I was at the game. So I went back and like scrolled through the region, uh, real GM uh, game thread and people are like, Fire everybody. This is terrible. I don't care if we beat the Suns in four. This is unacceptable coaching. Fire Bud. I can't believe Middleton, you know, Butterfingers, all this kind of stuff. And then we win, and it's like, well, both things happen, right? But sorry to cut you off for all that. I was just going to pull up the stats. But I think you're right about that. I think he has to be in the top three. It's simply to me not settled who's better between the two of these non-all-stars we have playing. and you can, Or between the three of them with Brooke. Because Brooke... Like, Brooke can't self-inbound the ball to him. You actually have to get Brooke Lopez the ball, so it's a little bit different. Drew Drew did basically nothing during that. I mean, played phenomenal defense, but that Brooklyn series, Drew barely scored over 20 points. Oh, he was awful, but I, I think that's within the yeah. margin of error. But, Look again, what I want to say, and, and every time I find myself defending Drew, Lope, uh, Drew, Drew turnover, I'm like, I feel like I've never seen him make a free throw. I feel like I've never seen Drew Holiday make he's, a free throw anymore. Like I'm just like just as bad as Giannis. I, it's like yeah, I'm like, can you make one? And, and, well, yeah. So <laughs> while I love Drew, I just I can't put him in my top three. I, I got him Drew in my played, dog, yeah. I got him in my my secondary top three, but my top three I got Giannis, Lopez, and Middleton. 
They that's, had the that's, most. That's a good one. Most impact yeah, I, in the game. But my secondary, I got Drew, PJ, and Bobby P. But Drew, Drew just disappeared during that net series, scoring wise. If you and yeah, if you want to really like literally he had the yips. Yep. Even during even during the Atlanta uh, the Atlanta series, he came out like he should, aggressive. And he played a couple good games. I mean, he did have one six pointer. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you yeah. do that? How do you yeah, score six points, man? Chris but, Chris shot twenty seven point five from three for the entire Hawks season. I will say, let, let's see if you guys agree with this. I don't know how you want to define magical stretch. I think the Drew Holiday game seven stretch was the most magical, improbable stretch out of all of these. A lot of the other ones were kind of talking about a single shot or whatever else. Drew Holiday and probably hitting three straight shots at the end of that Nets game seven was really something in that flurry. And like kind of everybody got a couple licks in, but like I will give them that, that, that game seven where everyone was terrible for the first three quarters, except like Connaughton and Giannis getting dunks and stuff. But like that, the end of game seven was just as much about about as Drew Holiday as any of these other dudes. I will. And it didn't make sense for him to be shooting, to be honest. Like I, like I love Drew, but I was screaming at the TV like, "Dude, you're ice cold. Feed someone else." Mm-hmm. But he did oh. go on that slight tear. He had like a right. baseline shot in the middle of that too. Is like some weird like in betweener shot. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like a fade to the to the baseline, and after he had already hit that three, right? Dude, he was hurt my feelings, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess mm-hmm. if." You're going to make them now. Yeah, go ahead. But, man, he was so, so, so broke that whole that whole game. Yep. And then oh. what did he fin- – he, he, he didn't even finish with much. He finished with what, like 13 points? Yep. 13 yeah, yeah. points. Really. Five of 23. I mean, it was disgusting. So that goes back to Jay's original question, you know, is can, can you be broke a whole exactly. series, but then light it up for three minutes? And, exactly. uh, and then all of a sudden everything's forgotten. Because I'm looking at the Middleton's number from game one of the, of the Hawks right now that we lost by three. Like, he's the reason we lost game one. No <laughs> he was six way. for 20. He was six. He was six for 23. <laughs> 0 from nine from three, and we lost by three. That he is the reason that we game, lost game one. What, what so game my favorite thing with that, my favorite thing with that, is then people are like, it, yeah, but the shots were kind of in and out, and I'm like, that's what it looks like when he misses. It's a flat shot. They're like, oh, the shot skipped game, off the rim. It's like game yeah, one that's, versus that's the Nets. You talking about or the game, Hawks? No, game one Hawks. We lost by three, and Drew had 33. Giannis had. 34 chris had 15 and was 26 percent from the field on six for 23 shooting <laughs> oh for nine from three he makes two shots we win that's his fault like it, it was his fault what did Giannis do Giannis had 34 that's what i'm saying the reason we lost game one is middleton like no, I, as much as he no, like had somewhere no. he won them <laughs> game one against the hawks who are no good at home or security or you can blame lazarine eatons for not letting people in terrible game man i was like what did i work <laughs> this game for oh i was disgusted zero percent from three you, you think you might get shots. to work any from the fine any of the finals <laughs> games Ken? Dude, I'm gonna be trying. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, appreciate everybody. Um, if and, and it's nice having um, quote unquote James here for get together. I, I know you said you weren't too much of a Star Wars guy, but we'll, that's gonna be the most incoherent Rob, uh, round robin of all time. Uh, <laughs> but we want to do top five Star Wars. It's just look, the Bucks weren't st- still supposed to be in it, but they somehow are. So we're like pushing all this kind of stuff back. But yeah, man, it was cool. Thanks everybody. Top five Star Wars. It's it's easy. Have fun.
<laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the first three. Rogue One. Um. I can tell you were born in the seventies. You were born in seventy one. And when Anakin gets cut in half, it was like, oh, finally, finally, he gets cut in half. I like, I hated this guy from the beginning. All right, so we got your list. Black hole sun, won't you come?